Hello, I'm Mariet Smeyman. Welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on taking good care of yourself and others. Introducing you to wellness professionals, ready to inform and inspire. Today's topic is Spiritual Tour to Ireland, Reconnecting with Nature and Lifetimes Past. My guest is Belinda Brasnell, angel whisperer, animal communicator, author and regression therapist from Funnabale Park. Welcome back, Belinda. Thank you, Mariette. Always a pleasure. Yes, I so enjoy speaking to you. To our listeners, after our conversation, Belinda will give us her three tips on how to surrender. And then it will be fun question time. Belinda, you recently took a group of people to Ireland on a spiritual journey, and the words I kept hearing were abbeys, castles, stone circles, monasteries, national parks, and cliffs. And I was intrigued, so I couldn't resist inviting you to come and talk to us. But before we start, for those listeners who haven't listened to our other podcast episodes, could you please tell us what you do? Thank you, Marie. Yes, so I commune with nature and spirit and spirit in nature. So I give people messages from their loved ones and from angels, sometimes even saints and goddesses. And so I'm just a spirit messenger, and I love doing what I do. Now let's look at this 10-day pilgrimage that you and nine other South Africans recently undertook. How did the idea originate? You know, we all have yearnings. We all have something that we want to do someday, or places that we want to go and see or experience. So Ireland and Scotland has been one of those or two of those places that I've been wanting to go to since I was a child. There's just a yearning, a calling. And I truly believe that we've left many past lives and we've experienced certain things in certain countries. And then when you come to a certain time or space in your current life, there might be something there for you to just go and remember or reclaim to help you within the space that you are in in this life. So the idea has actually come more than 15 years where I decided I wanted to do this trip and to take a group of people because I'm the kind of person that always makes a plan. I don't have lots of money lying around, so <laughs> I have to make a plan to be able to get there myself. So what other way than to take a whole lot of people and get paid to do it and also then join the journey, you know. So that's actually payment enough. So I have been working on this actively or creating this actively for 15 years already. Belinda, you've now mentioned Ireland and Scotland. Tell us why specifically Ireland so the thing is, you can plan anything, but in the end, spirit is in control. So when I wanted to do the original trip, it was Scotland and Ireland. 
So I met a, well, one of my clients that came into my, my space at that stage about five years ago, he was a, a tour guide and he lived in Cape Town, but he was moving to Ireland. And then we started planning Scotland and Ireland and then Brexit happened. So he said, well, let's leave Scotland and just do Ireland. And then as that developed, you know, things didn't work out with him and then things didn't work out with two other travel agencies. But in the end, you know, you can just control a certain amount of things that needs to happen and not happen. And in the end, you need to surrender to spirit to what needs to happen for the group that will come together. So in the end, all the sides and everything that came together was all in spirit's hands. And I just went with the flow. Yeah, that itself requires a brave spirit, but we'll come to that. Could you tell us what the purpose of this trip was? So the purpose of this trip was about reconnecting to nature. We are all going through a process on earth where we are going back to living in harmony with nature. And we are all on different levels regarding that. Some of us, like me, is vegan and we really go into it very strongly to adhere to nature's rules and all of that. And others just get the sense of they need more time in nature. So we are all being guided to reclaim that energy. And Ireland also has this true nature energy. They believe in the fairies and the nature angels and all this mystical and mythical energies and, and stories that you hear about Ireland. And then it also came through that, you know, we need to discover more past lives. And as I said, you know, when you go to a certain space and you put yourself in that space away from your normal comfort zone, you are open to experiences. So we absolutely went to go and have these experiences to integrate back into ourselves and to discover more about who we truly are, not just this person or this body, but the soul inside, the eternal you. Belinda, for years you've been relying on angelic guidance. As you just said, things come through. What did the angels tell you regarding this tour? You know, the angels and spirit do have a sense of humor. So they don't always tell you before. A lot of it is about discovery. What they did tell me was that everybody on earth will be experiencing great shifts at the end of March and beginning of April. Now, remember, this date has already been chosen the year before. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know about these things. I never checked these things before what happens astrologically because I trust the angels so much as to what they tell me. So they, when it got closer to the date, they said to me, we are going to go through these shifts and it became more apparent with things on social media 
you know, on a spiritual level, all the galactic shifts we were going through. So a lot of people were invited through me. Lots of my clients and obviously people on social media. And the angels said, but only certain people will respond. And everybody will have to be brave. A big part of the shift was that, and this is for everybody, this year we need to make one big difficult decision and lots of other difficult decisions. It's, it's difficult decisions because it takes you out of your comfort zone. But it's not difficult to do. You only need to be brave to make the decision, but the decision will bring great shifts and integration and, and, and powerful changes to your life. But when we don't make these decisions, we stay stuck in the old ways. And because we've been prepared to start living in a new way, creating a new life, new vibration, new frequency on earth, we need to start making these decisions and actively doing it. We can't now say, okay, I need to do this, but I'm still going to wait and see. And, you know, we need to trust. So a lot of people were invited. A lot of people got the message through me. And, you know, a lot of people still chose not to receive the message or trust it for themselves because, like I said, it, it had to be a difficult decision. So everybody had to give up something or trust something or, you know, cancel something else. And not everybody was willing to do that. So in the end, the people that came together the angel said to me, we are going over there to be there for those shifts, to not only experience those past life energies and those nature energies, but to experience it in the time of those great shifts and with the choices that we make for ourselves so that we could bring that energy back and apply it to our life's work. In other words, really go to a next level, to be able to come back and have a new understanding. And I saw this with the people when we came back. You know, a lot of us just sort of still retreated from the world. It's like we had to find a new way of being back in our old lives to understand who you are here in South Africa, wherever we are, Benoni, Van Cape Town, you know. But how to reintegrate it that energy that you've experienced of yourself in Ireland back into this almost smaller space and to be able to, to grow into that so that we, we bring that energy to South Africa. I hope that makes sense. It does. It's fascinating. Now for a more practical question, let's look at the planning. How did you choose the places you were to visit and the people who would be your guides? Sure, yeah, like I say, the places actually came together by itself because I chose certain places and then some of them would, wouldn't be viable. It would be too far out or a bus wouldn't be able to reach it or it would make the tour too expensive or... So I really had to allow myself to be guided by spirit and by what was possible. And luckily for me, just after COVID, 
I found through a friend of mine this tour agency and things were very quiet for them after COVID. So they were willing to put this trip together for us. So it was really a trip that, you know, has never been done before. So they had to go out of their way to go and explore these places. They had to send somebody. And luckily they had a guy working for them that has a passion for Ireland. So he did it for us for free. He went there with his family, explored these places, found hotels. And then you can see it's the hand of spirit. That's I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have found the right people. I waited for the right people. All those years, trial and error, and then the right people appeared. And so we put the sides together as to what I was guided to. But what I realized during this trip as well was that certain sites I could see was for specific people in the group. And certain of the sites wouldn't have to be repeated next time. So we grew in that experience with what we saw was possible with, you know, the weather, Mm. And and with holidays and and travel distances and everything, you have to go and experience it to see what works. So we are now working on how can we still alter this for the next group. And then again, I trust that the group that comes together, that spirit will supply the sites that those people will need again in return. Yes, this means it's a very individualized tour in in an unusual way. Yes, and the guides as well. I mean, they then asked the, this guy, Tim, that went to Ireland with his family, and that was so passionate. I, I was hoping he would be our guide, but he's not a guide. So he asked Luke, which turned out to be our guide. And Luke, is he turned 32 on the trip. And he's just such an open, gentle soul, but but fun and wise and energetic and lots of knowledge. And so it was perfect. And Luke was very excited because he's very spiritual. So he was able to, through this tour, visit spaces that he was never allowed to visit or had the opportunity to visit during other tours that he has done, which is more uh, you know, touristy. Mm. So he even meditated with us at certain of the places and he was just amazing with the organization. So, you know, again, it's that when you surrender it to spirit, the right people just show up. And for the other guides, it was just people, you know, that um, worked at the places, all worked out beautifully. And even our bus driver was so amazing. We had such fun. And he and Luke went out of the way to to help us to stop at places we really wanted to stop. So, like I say, it was all just about that surrender and trusting and then still being surprised by how amazing it turned out. I want to ask you which challenges the planning of the trip involved. Yeah, sure. Years and years. <laughs> I think that was the main challenges was finding the right people. And of course, I believe that it's all about processes in yourself that I wasn't ready before and maybe the group wasn't ready before. And to just work through those things within myself that made me doubt or, you know, 
what I still had to allow to change within myself to be ready to be the spiritual guide for people. So the challenges was really to to trust the right timing, to find the right people to organize it. And, you know, again, obviously trusting that the money would be there. Yes, I was going to ask you because I know that booking a trip of this nature requires paying a big amount of money up front. How did that go? You know, that in itself was a miracle. I had to put down 60,000 rand before and still didn't have enough people to pay to pay deposits to that amount. But again, with belief and trust and surrender and just going through those processes, the money showed up. It was amazing. I don't think I've ever had that much money in my account. <laughs> but then I did. <laughs> And I had it and I just, it was absolutely to trust because by then I didn't know that I would have enough people. And if I pay that deposit, I would lose it if I didn't get a group together. It's non-refundable because they have to pay to the hotels Mm. and to the bus company and all of that. So there was no going back. But I truly believe that when you set that intention, when you don't doubt and you just say, well, this money showed up, I'm going to put in this attention. And I must say a part of it, I still borrowed from, from my husband or rather we borrowed it from the credit card. So it is challenges. You have to believe and you have to trust. And I just paid that money and said the right people will be there. And it was lots of ups and downs to to trust. But again, that's my process. I had to also go through that process of of trust and surrender because then people would say, yes, I'm going. And then they would say, no, I'm not going. And, you know, to absolutely leave it over to spirit was an amazing process that needed to happen in me. Now we're coming to the trip itself and the experiences you had during the trip. You saw so much because I followed the trip on one of your WhatsApp groups. Could you name four or five highlights of the trip? I was so excited. I couldn't believe it was happening until the week before where I had to pack. It was still so unrealistic that this was actually happening. And When I started to pack, it was, I wasn't even thinking about being on the airplane for 16 hours. (laughs) I was just so excited. And um, also to keep costs low, we started the trip, we, we arrived in the morning and then started the trip of the first day. So some of the people chose to go the day before, stay an extra evening, the people that could afford it. But... Me and my friend and some other people that that flew together on the same flight, we just jumped into it. And I wasn't even thinking that I was going to be tired. I was so excited. So when it started happening, I was just so energized. And even the first day, I said to the group, I'm having a spiritual orgasm. (laughs) 
because it was just so amazing. So our first stop, actually, Newgrange. It, it is one of the old tombs. And to be able to go inside of that tomb with the group actually brought us together and started the energy of the tour. And what I experienced is that integration of not just the ancientness of nature, but the ancientness of man with nature. That's different from South Africa. And how really integrated they were. Those stones that they used to stack on top of each other, there's no cement, there's nothing holding it together. It's just one big stone on top of it, each other to create a dome. And just standing under that and thinking, how isn't this crashing down on me? And just feeling that energy that has been put into that space for thousands and thousands of years. That was definitely a good start to the trip. So another one of the highlights was Queen Maeve's Cairn. Well, they call it mountains. To us here in South Africa, it's more like a, a hill. But it was quite a climb. And since I had COVID last year in July, I haven't been able to exercise and train like I normally do. So I wasn't as fit as what I was supposed to be. And of course, you can't plan what the fitness levels for the group need to be. We had to go and experience that. So I said to people, you, you just go as far as you can, make it a walking meditation. If you need to stop and sit somewhere, just be on your own. You could do that or you can return to the bus. So on top of this hill is a stone hill as well in which Queen Maeve was buried. And she was a very powerful queen thousands of years ago. And so our mission was to get to the top of this hill and to go and do a meditation there to experience her energy. She was a warrior queen. And I knew that she would have a message for us because she was showing up for me for five years already before this trip. And so, you know, they have been showing up to me and preparing me for who we need to connect with. And halfway up, I felt like, yo, I might not be able to make this. But I knew without me, no meditation is going to happen on that hill. <laughs> so, you know, I need to make it. I need to get there. And then at that moment, I was looking down at my feet and I was just putting one foot in front of the others and I looked up again at how far I had to go and a voice said to me, next to me, just look down, don't look up, look down. Every step has purpose. And I experienced this old woman next to me. And I went into a past life experience where I was a young maiden and this was the first time I was allowed up onto this mountain. And it was like a pilgrimage. And I saw warriors running past us up the hill, and I felt that I can't do this. But somehow I knew it was important that I should make it. I must make it. People were expecting me to make it. 
uh, and every step just gave me more purpose in this this being true to myself, not just in what people expected, but in who I want to be. And when I made it to the top, I can't tell you how exhilarating it was. And of course, the weather is something else. It's five minutes of rain, and then it's wind, and then it's sunshine. It's all just thrown in together. And on top of the hill, when you walk to the other side of the hill, you look out at the Atlantic Ocean. And the wind is of that kind of caliber where you can actually lean against the wind and it holds you up like that. Goodness. So, you know, and we I've always struggled with my with my help since I was a child. There's all these challenges with my body and my physical abilities. That exhilaration of making it of not letting myself down and and trusting my body to be able to do it. That was a great breakthrough for me. And so all of us that made it to the top, just we were really exhilarated and in a good space. And we stood around a flat stone and did a meditation. And it was just amazing, the people that come past, people from all different countries and then you know, asking for a photo on the stone because they saw us doing it or asking if they can take a photo of us meditating around the stone because that looks super special, things like that. And the third sight or experience, this was actually one that I I doubted, what we are, were we going to do that day? Because on day five, you have to give the bus driver off. The bus driver isn't allowed to drive on the fifth day. So we plan to go to the Aran Islands. And the biggest island is Innesmoor. And I thought, I don't know what we're going to do on this island. I'm just going to have to trust. And so we haven't figured it out. We just surrendered it. We did decide to get a bus at the harbour because the ferry had to take us there get a bus at the harbour and allow this guy to take us to different places. So again, like I said, I just surrendered it. We got onto the ferry. Weather wasn't very nice, and I get nauseous on a boat when the weather is not nice. So I wanted to go outside and have the fresh air, but it was raining. So when my friend and I got on the ferry, there were not a lot of seats open. We couldn't couldn't sit next to each other. So we took seats, me in front of her, and we sat next to other people. And then we heard them speaking Afrikaans. And I realized, you know, the, the people next to me were also Afrikaans, and I started speaking to them, and they are living in Ireland. And then they told me about different sites and things we can do. And they told me about things we can see on Ines Moor. They were actually taking those, the friends that were sitting next to my friend, they were taking them to Ines Moor. And it was just so perfect. It's just those coincidences where you know there's a higher guidance happening here. And I spoke to Luke, our tour leader, and he said, that sounds like a plan. 
And this man I met said to me, but the bus driver won't take you to this pool. You need to get off the bus there and you need to go there. And I thought, okay, let's just trust this. And I asked Luke to organize that. And when we got off the ferry, we said goodbye to them. And then it turned out that we were on the same little bus as these four people for the tour. How wonderful is that? It's so amazing. I'm getting goosebumps even as I'm saying it now. And so this South African man actually guided us to this tidal pool that is almost square. We joked about that the stones of of some of the stone circles must have come out of that square that was cut into the rock. And it was sort of scary as well because the tide was coming in. And although we were high up, that water was starting to crash over the side. So we had to move fast to get to the tidal pool before the tide came in. So the tidal pool doesn't get filled from the top. It gets filled from the bottom. So the water comes in from the bottom of this hole up. And again, trusting my body to be able to make it there and to make it in time and to have that experience and to get over those rocks and the energy there. I don't think I would have been able to do it if the energy wasn't so uplifting and inspiring. So we visited a couple of sites there, and the people were so amazing. We ate at a restaurant there that is run by three sisters. The one sister actually told me that no men touch their food or work in that restaurant because I asked her, how can they make food that tastes so divine? And I know we say a lot of food tastes divine, but I mean, this was something like I've never tasted. It's like a a frequency experience. So that was really one of the best experiences I've had. And then also the forest at Cashel Kilty, because You know, I love nature spirits and I commune with nature spirits a lot. So I couldn't wait to experience those energies. And the other spaces we were in, it was just lots of rocks and open spaces. But for this stone circle, we had to go through a forest and then up the mountain. And I cannot describe that forest to you. I There is really no, no words to describe that energy. In one space, I walked over the moss for a photo between the trees. And every step I gave on the moss felt like a sin. It felt like I was disturbing something ancient. Like I was trespassing. And I could feel the nature spirits watching me and talking to me. I made one of my weekly YouTube messages at the edge of that forest. Yes, I saw that. It was, I just thought I need to show people this energy. And as we came out of the forest, we went onto an ancient road that crossed over Ireland where people a thousand years ago 
moved with their wagons. And, you know, you got onto that stony road up that mountain to come to those stone circles and the wind is blowing. But it's all so part of the experience and so exhilarating. Again, I can't describe it. And we had a meditation at those stones and brought that energy back, uh, you know, and I took these crystals with me and crystal pendants that I took for different people and I blessed them at these different sites with those energies. So everything was really, really special. The fourth place, which I was surprised that I actually thought, I don't know if I want to go there, but our guide said, you know, he has been there before at Blarney Castle. It's, it's quite a touristy place, but he said it's really worthwhile. So some of you might know about the Blarney Stone. You go up in the castle to kiss the stone, and they say that the stone makes your, you more eloquent, that you can speak more eloquently. But unfortunately, obviously, I didn't realize we were going to go there over the weekend. So there were lots of other people. And we said to the group, you can go and experience here whatever you want to experience. If you want to go and kiss the stone, you do that. The others can just go and experience the garden. So some of us went into the gardens and I was so, so amazed by it. They were druid stones. And there was a druid cave and a dolmen, which if you go and Google that, you will see it's, it's big stones that they put on top of other stones, which created a sort of a portal to the spirit world. And I, I got so lost in that space. And the trees, ancient, ancient trees like you don't see in South Africa. And I came to the one tree and I, I felt like I was coming home. It felt like I know this tree. And it's actually kind of a conifer, but it's so huge that I could sit on the one branch. I, I lay down on the one branch and hugged it. And just spend time with it. And again, I experienced the past life of me being there. And there's also a poison garden close to the castle. So we went closer to the castle to see the poison garden where they have all these herbs like nightshade and things like that. So it was so mystical and mythical and that sense of, of being in a space that you know so well, that was very overwhelming to me. And then the last one I want to tell you about, obviously so many of the sites just spoke to so many of us. I've just, I'm just highlighting the five that I experienced for me as the most powerful. Was the 500-year-old yew tree. Now, we weren't supposed to stop there. I saw this on, on a group on Facebook, an Ireland group that I was following, and I saw this yew tree. And I, was, I thought, I need to see this tree. And this needs to happen. 
And we spoke to Luke, our tour guide, and he said, okay, listen, this other castle that you planned for that day, I think we can skip that. I think you won't enjoy that as much. And we can go to this tree. It's for free. And it's on our way. It was just so amazing. And a 300-year-old abbey is built around this tree. So when I got there, I was the first person in. We had to walk a bit to get there. It was the only sight that moved me to tears. I just started crying. I actually want to start crying now again. Seeing that tree, but it wasn't sadness. It was coming home. It was like I, I missed that space. And when I held that tree, it was so, so sacred. So again, you know, you can't really describe what you experience. And like I say, different people had different sacred experiences in different places. It was amazing to see the other people in the group have similar experiences in different places. And that's something you can't plan. It's something you have to go and discover and actually have to go without expectation so that you can be surprised and overwhelmed. And that experiences, that memory or that unlocking of your own ancient being is something that you will never move away from again. Thank you, Belinda. It really, it, I understand when you say that it's difficult to find the words for that. On a lighter note, could you tell us an animal story from the trip? You know, what I didn't expect was this trip to be so much fun. I did start feeling it the week before where we started planning with our tour leader to, to, you know, see where we will have dinners and things like that as well and maybe include some pubs because, I mean, we're in Ireland. So I started feeling we really need to balance the, the spiritual, which can be very emotional, very draining, with having lots of fun because these people – gave up something or made a difficult decision to get themselves there. And we had to make it worthwhile. We had to invest in that for ourselves as well. So fun kept popping up. And luckily I went with a friend that is lots of fun. We actually climbed over a fence in one space where we weren't allowed to enter. I laughed my ass off because I struggled so much to get over the fence and she was pulling me over. But okay, that's not the animal experience. So we had several special animal experiences for different people. But the one that was really fun for me was when we went through that forest and started up the mountain, everywhere you go through, you know, herds of sheep. And we couldn't see any sheep then. It was sort of a rocky uh, outcrop and there was a lamb, a little lamb, just screaming its head off. And the closer we came, the more it screamed at us. 
And we couldn't see the mom. And at first, you know, everybody is very loving, giving. So we're all worried about where's this mom. But I felt the mom is closed. We don't have to worry. But Luke, if you look at the photos of Luke, our tour guide, he has this long curly hair, beard, and um, we said to him, well, he looks like our Jesus. He's got this whole Jesus image about him. And he's so beautiful in his energy as well. And so he lay down on the ground and started bleating <laughs> to this little lamb. And this lamb came bleating towards him and actually came and they sort of bumped noses. It was so cute. And we said, okay, now you're really Jesus. And then the mommy appeared over the hill and she called to a lamb and the lamb went scattering up the hill to his mom. But it was just so much fun to have that lighthearted experience. And um, that was really special because, you know, that's my advert for Luke now and next year's trip is this is your tour guide <laughs> and he's all that this picture shows you, that is him. <laughs> so, yeah, that was really fun. Yes, we're going to include some of the photographs in the podcast notes and that one is definitely going in. <laughs> A quick note on what I do and why I do it. I'm a content entrepreneur creating podcasts and articles for my own platform and for various magazines and digital platforms. My weekly podcast episodes and the articles on my website focus on emotional health, parenting, love relationships and the life challenges we all face. Each episode and article features a therapist, coach or other wellness professional so you can get to know them and find an expert who will resonate with you should you need one. After all, online therapy and coaching means we can connect across continents. I love the fact that my website has had visitors from 100 countries so far and that I've featured 90 plus experts. Don't forget the up close and personal articles on my website. They offer you a glimpse of the person behind the expert. If you're a wellness expert who'd like to be featured on my platform, just click on services. Now, back to my guest. Belinda, you've been talking about synchronicities and unexpected surprises. Could you tell us about any more miraculous experiences? You know, so many. I think when we think of miraculous experiences, we think of, you know, something like an instant healing or something. But all of us know that miracles comes in, come in different ways shapes and sizes, I want to say. So 
for me, personal miracles was I struggle with my feet. Um, and I didn't know how I was going to do so much walking and climbing. Well, we didn't really climb, but, you know, uphill battles here and there. So I was wondering how I was going to deal with that. And on my birthday, we actually stopped at a holy well where we weren't planning to stop. And that was part of the gift of Luke and our driver. Our driver is uh, from Croatia. And he is very religious. So he also loved to stop at the holy wells and places like that. So we stopped at this holy well on my birthday. And there's a part of this holy well that, is for healing feet. You actually sit down and you put your feet in the water. So obviously not a lot of the people wanted to take their shoes off in that cold. It was a cold day on that day. But I thought, what the heck, we're, we're here, we're going to do this. So I was, I soaked my feet in the water and I just said, just, just carry me through this trip. Just do this for me. And I must tell you, I didn't have any problems with my feet the whole trip, not even afterwards yet. So that to me was, was a miracle for me. The bigger miracle might be how everything just fitted into each other and the different experiences we had with each other. Also, of course, there was difficulties. I'm not sugarcoating that. Remember, past life experiences also brings up issues that needed to be handled within ourselves and between different people. But all of that, you know, sort of brought the group closer together. And then for me as well, another miracle was I became ill. I think I had bronchitis. My chest was really sore. It was really difficult, you know with the cold, sweating a lot. Um, the places, the shops, the hotels were very hot. And because this is a pattern in my life, I know that it often lets me down. When I become ill in a situation that I look forward to, I feel that I let myself down because now I can't experience it to the fullest. But somehow I overcame that. And my body really supported me in everything we did. And although it was a struggle, it was just amazing how I still could experience all the beauty. But I think because of the energy of the places, of the landscape, how much it energized me, it helped me to work through the difficulty and to experience the difficulty maybe less than what I would have if it wasn't for that. Belinda, how did you find the people you came across? That was very interesting. I actually had an astrological reading before the trip. I check in with my astrologer every year before my birthday just to get a heads up of what's happening in my chart um, you know, what, where do I have to be strong? What do I need to learn? What do I have to work through? What do I have to look forward to? 
because I feel that it empowers me. And she said to me that in Ireland, I need to be very aware of receiving gifts, which I got a lot, and and also integrating with the people of Ireland, not just the group that went with. And everywhere, people just popped up. It was like at the Blarney Castle Gardens, and we were at the Druid Stones. A man came past with his with his kids, and he just started talking to me. He spoke with an American accent, but he started telling me how he grew up there and how it was all wild back then. The castle was in ruins, and they played in the castle as kids, and they played around and inside the druid stones and he was visiting his brother and he just wanted to come and show his kids so that happened and you know people in the pubs we met a lady in a pub in Castletown Bearhaven and she told us that her father was actually a war prisoner so many amazing things and the Irish people are just so open to help we once got out of a cab where we had to find our bus to go to the ferry. The moment we got out of the cab and just started looking around, a man stopped. And he said to me, where do you need to go? How can I help? He pulled out his phone. He wanted to Google. And I saw where we needed to go. And we, I said, no, we need to go there. Said, okay, have a nice day. Enjoy your trip. You know, things like that. My friend and I, on the last day, when we were waiting to go to the airport, I had to find a pharmacy. And so we popped into a mall quickly. And there was a mother with a young daughter and she had just bought her some McDonald's. And the mom's hands were full with this McDonald's and the milkshake and everything. And we were standing at the one elevator and she called to us and she said, I'm holding this one for you. So she was holding the door open with this young child and with all of this food. It, it was just so amazing. Even the, the bus drivers at certain of the sites, you know, sometimes I just spend time talking to them instead of going into one of the museums or something. And they would tell me a childhood story. That fascinated me. They were just so open and willing. And it's like people still remember the old ways things. People can see if you are more in tune with spirit and nature. They recognize it in you. And they start showing that part of themselves to you as well. That's so beautifully put. My next question is about the food. I can't resist asking, and you have told us a little bit about one divine meal you had. Yeah, so the food, what amazed me was that it doesn't matter whether you are in a hotel or you walk into a pub into, in a small town, there's always vegan food, vegetarian food, gluten-free food available. And, and I can't tell you that I had one meal that wasn't tasty. Of course, there were meals that, that were tastier than the others, but everything was tasty. I never felt that, oh, gosh, I'm paying money for this and I don't want to eat this. It was certainly really amazing. And I had a lot of goat's cheese. 
So in the wine town, I actually, because there's not a lot of stuff for me on the menu sometimes, and I decided I'm going to explore something with goat's cheese. So afterwards, I said to the lady at the counter, this is so tasty. Do you source all of your things from the area? And she says, yes. And she told me about the goat's cheese that it's a lady from America that came there all on her own to start a new life, to start a business, and she started this ghost cheese business and how this, the town started supporting her. And it's all about community. They don't mind that it's not people, you know, from Ireland. There were so many Croatian young people, refugees, that's allowed to work in the hotels. They can't even speak English, but they are being taught. And you could just see that everywhere, how open people are to receiving others. In that one pub where I spoke to the lady about her father, they had an advert on the outside of the pub about Buddhist meditations. And I said to her, how is it? that in a small town like this, that you are open to having Buddhist meditations. And she said, oh, no, we've got a Buddhist retreat center 20 minutes out of town. And I said to her, but aren't people a bit, you know, worried or, or, or scared about weird things that they don't know about? And she said, oh, no, it carried them through COVID. They all went up there to meditate and breathe and to get themselves ready for, you know, when, when COVID was over, to prepare for their lives again. It was so amazing. And when she heard that I speak to angels, she said, oh, somebody like you would be very welcome here. <laughs> <laughs> so they weren't even planning to serve food. We went into their pub. And when they heard we're from South Africa, she said, just sit down, I'll make you something. And, you know, you can taste that in the food. You can taste the hospitality and the love and the care and how anxious they are to share their world and their experiences with people from the outside world. Hmm. Which feedback did you get from your fellow travelers? You know, we weren't all on the same spiritual level, not that I believe in a spiritual level, but some of the people were new to meditation and they were a bit scared of doing it in the open, especially when there were other people around. So for this trip, I allowed people to, you know, decide whether they want to be part of it, whether they want to just sit and be away have their own experiences. But on the last night, the next day, the day of our flight, Luke would have had his birthday. So we just saw him the morning of his birthday. So for the dinner before in the hotel, we got him a cake and we sat around a big table celebrating his birthday of the next day and talking about everybody's experiences. And some really had deep spiritual experiences. Other people that were more private just said about the, the places they loved. But all in all, everybody had a great experience. And that also taught me something about myself, that 
I mustn't try and and give the experience that I must stand back and allow everybody to have the experiences that they need. And again, you know, we can't just have good experiences. We must also have the experiences that challenge us and that pushes us to, to just go that extra distance or to dig a bit deeper. And for all of that, I trust that people have the perfect experiences to take them to the next level of where they need to be for their lives. But when it comes to the sites, some of the sites I've felt, you know, can be left out next time. But then somebody would say, I had such a beautiful experience at that site. So it all just came together. And what did you personally gain from this trip? For me, it was coming back with that experience, integrating it into myself. My world has been opened. I'm going to do lots of more spiritual trips. It has shown me also what I'm capable of. There were certain aspects of myself that I needed to also see and realize You know, things where I still felt blocked, where I still need to grow. I was being made very aware of that. And I feel such gratitude. You know, some people would look at things like that and think it's a failure or, oh, I failed at that. But I saw it as room to grow, room to improve. And I'm very grateful for this new space in my life. I turned 51 on the trip. And ever since I turned 50, where we could really start putting this trip into action, I felt that I'm going into the second half of my life. I'm going into this new me. And I'm so grateful for everything that shows me what this new me is. Who am I and what I still want to explore of this me that I don't know yet. And not only of this me that you don't know yet, but other trips. I've heard you mention that a few times, so tell us. I think people love the photos and the experiences that we all shared on social media. And I knew that through the photos, more people will would receive the calling. So I still didn't give up on Scotland. So I thought, okay, my next trip is going to be Scotland. And I was planning to do Scotland next year, but it didn't turn out that way. I could actually only do Scotland in 2025. So, but with having this experience of Ireland with this travel group, um, this tour guide, I thought, well, why not? Let's just do another island trip next year. So, yeah, that's on the charts. And people are coming together already. And we have to believe together and trust together. But I think while people saw that the ones of us that did trust this time and did believe and that it did come together for us, that maybe they would be braver this time to also believe in it for themselves. 
And where can listeners learn more about your work and then specifically about the next trip? They can go to my website, which is simply belindabrasnell.co.za. I'll I'll update my website with my new itinerary. I'm just waiting for the tour company to to sort out certain things and get the new prices, and then we'll update it. I have a WhatsApp group for Ireland and a WhatsApp group for Scotland on which I will put the updates. So if you want to be part of that group, you can just WhatsApp me on 82 929-8938. And then for the other work that I do, yeah, follow me on Facebook and on Instagram, just under Belinda Brasnell, and you will see everything that is being planned. Also, animal communication workshop still, and I have a retreat in Pringle Bay at the end of August. There's still four spaces left. So if you can't see yourself going to Ireland yet, maybe just come with me to the Western Cape and enjoy a special time to discover a little bit about yourself and to also take time out to rest and relax. Thank you, Belinda. And I did mention that we're going to have some photographs of Ireland in the podcast notes. So if listeners are listening to this podcast on Spotify or one of the other five platforms it's on, just take a look under links. And there you will see a link saying podcast notes. And if you go to that, then you will find my website, the podcast notes containing this episode, plus the photographs. Then you can see what Belinda has talked about. And then I think it's time for your three tips on trust and surrender. Okay, I've spoken about this before, I think, on one of our previous podcasts. I think we spoke a lot about surrender and trust. But obviously, through planning this trip, I had to go to a next level of that. And my three tips for that is, number one, decide that you are ready to surrender. Decide to become aware and to be guided where you don't surrender. My second tip is be very aware what comes out of your mouth. Because like they say, what the heart is full of, the mouth runneth over with. And every time I say to people, join me in Ireland, their first reaction is, I will have to wait for the money or I will have to make the money. And that is not trust at all. That is control or the belief that it is up to you to get the money somewhere. So in order to surrender, this is my third tip, start visualizing. Get over that bump of that amount of money that you need by just visualizing that experience and visualizing how you are having that experience and what it feels like. I did that a lot during the manifestation of this trip, to believe it not only for myself, but to believe that there would be a group 
I would see myself in one of those stone circles where I haven't been before ever in my life. But I would feel the stones. I would feel the landscape. I would feel myself there touching the stones. I would see this group of people standing in a circle and how we take hands and how we support each other and how we celebrate experiencing that together. And as I said to Marit, I'm planning something for myself, which has also been a life dream to swim with dolphins. And of course, after Ireland, I'm quite broke. So <laughs> now I have to believe this for myself. And I'm like, oh, I really don't have this amount of money to go to Mozambique for five days. So again, that's the mind. That's the control. And then I realized, but I haven't really went into how it will feel if I trust that this needs to meet my experience this year. And that's part of the serene. It's not saying I want this experience. Is do my soul need this? And then yesterday uh, I had a migraine. I was lying in bed and I went into that. How would it feel to be in those waters surrounded? by dolphins and maybe being able to connect to one of the dolphins. What would it do for me on soul level within my being? What would it shift? What are the possibilities? And all of a sudden, people started ordering books and paying the preliminary money for Ireland and Things like that, um, ordering some of my oracle cards. And I just thought, you know, there you are being shown again that when you just release it and when you trust that feeling, you trust that you can have that experience, you open the gates. And it doesn't mean they don't close again because our minds get in the way. So, again, you will doubt. It will come up again. And you will just have to go deeper into that experience of trust and surrender. The angels always say to me, you can't trust without surrender and you can't surrender without trust. And every time you say to yourself, I don't have the money, there's no amount of trust in that. I hope that makes sense. It does. Thank you, Belinda. May I ask you your fun question? Oh, yes. Let's come right back to the 21st century and the wonderful technology that surrounds us. Tell me, are you fond of speed? I don't know what speed is. Do you like to drive to drive fast or be <laughs> driven fast? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I love that kind of speed. Mm. So, in an ideal world, mind, in an ideal world, which exciting man-made machine with wheels or wings or whatever would you like to drive? Ooh, okay. I love to drive my car really fast. I must probably not say that to everybody. <laughs> but, um, you know, Marie, I, I love to drive fast where it's safe. I won't ever put anybody else in jeopardy, but I love going fast. So I think 
I would love going fast on anything, on on uh, on the water, um, a speed bike, a boat. I think when you're in control yourself, I don't like speed when somebody else is in control because then I don't feel safe. But I think, you know, especially on water, there's like a freedom. Uh, I also had the opportunity last year to to go out on a boat for the first time, a small boat on the ocean, and we saw orcas. And we spent an hour with that guy. We were the only two people on the boat. The other people canceled. That was my previous birthday gift from my husband. And again, spirit was on my side because I really just wanted to see dolphins uh, because I've never seen dolphins in the world before. And we went out and even the guy that took us out was his first experience of orcas. So we started following them. And sometimes they would just disappear and you would see them in the distance. And then we would speed towards them. And that riding over the waves, it was so amazing. So I think if I could get behind, behind that steering wheel, going over those waves, obviously on a calm ocean, that is just surreal. I think you've mentioned so many things in this episode that I really need to sit down and visualize about because it's fun. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's what we forget. When it, when it comes to actually trusting and surrendering, when you want to create something for yourself or have an experience, you need to focus on that. Because the angels always remind me that that's 50% of why we are on earth is to have fun, to have experiences. And we forget that. And that's how we create our lives, not by worry or, or thinking, oh, I yearn for that, but I can never have that. Why can't you? If you focus on having fun doing that, you might be surprised as to how it all comes together. Thank you, Belinda. And I don't think I can summarize it in better words than those. Thank you for showing us new possibilities. Thank you so much for allowing me on this platform again. I really enjoy it. And to our listeners, it was good of you to join us. I'd be grateful if you'd subscribe to Calm, Clear and Helpful and rate it where you download your podcasts. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you care about. You're welcome to go to my website, www.marietsneiman.co.za, for this episode's podcast notes and for free articles and podcast episodes on love and intimacy, parenting, emotional health, and managing life's challenges. To follow me on Facebook, just search for Mariette Sneeman, Journalist. Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted, and edited by me, and the music is by Mart-Marie Sneeman. Catch you next Tuesday at 9 